Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. What is emotional intelligence or EQ and why should we care about it when building a company? People with high IQ work better with others, they manage customers more effectively, and they cultivate an accepting company culture. Today's quote, emotion is more powerful than logic. Any idea who said that, Ms. Sean Andrews? I do, actually. I would love to know if your listeners have any idea. <laughs> well, I can't call in right now, so go for it. It was me. I, I could give you a wish, you, Rick. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Albert Einstein preceded me on that one. I'm Rick Gerard. <laughs> Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to provide proven tactical solutions to solve your company's toughest hiring challenges. We share insights from top performing entrepreneurs and industry experts like our guest today, Dr. Sean Andrews, who's the founder and CEO of Andrews Research International. Dr. Sean Andrews is a keynote speaker, organizational consultant, and founder and CEO of Andrews Research International. She serves as adjunct professor at Pepperdine Graziadio. Crazy deal. deal. Business school. I knew that one was going to throw me out. I practiced it earlier too, and it totally threw me out. Where she uh, teaches courses in organizational behavior, women in leadership, diversity in organizations, and leadership and ethics. She was the 2017 diversity and inclusion columnist for Training Industry Magazine and is the author of the book, The Power of Perception, which is uh, leadership, emotional intelligence, and the gender divide. So we're going to pick up emotional intelligence today. Yay. <laughs> All right. So welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today, Sean. Thank you, Rick. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So today we're going to cover EQ. What is it? How do you get it? And how to incorporate it into your hiring process. Yes. All right. So, so we had a, we're starting a little bit late, so we're going to have to crunch into it really quickly. So I want to get the easy part of the way. What is EQ? Go. <laughs> and a word or in a sentence, it's your people skills. Okay. So it's different than IQ. So our IQs are, we all know is our intellectual ability. Mm-hmm. And, but that become, it's remains relatively stable our entire lives. And it's pretty much fixed by late teens. But your emotional intelligence improves as we age. So hopefully if we're aware of it, aware of our skills and working to actively improve it, it, it will increase with age. Okay. So it's a way of what? Managing emotions? Yeah, it manages emotions, but it's actually a bit more than that. Let me read you the formal definition for your audience out there. So it's a set of emotional and social skills that collectively establish how well we express and perceive our own emotions, how we develop and maintain our social relationships, how we cope with challenges, how we manage our stress, how we make decisions, and finally, how we use all of that emotional information to guide our thinking and our action. Okay, so besides the obvious, which is low emotional intelligence breeds bad cultures, you know, that seems obvious to me, but why is it important? Actually, there's a lot, tons of data around this that we know that EQ has been a proven indicator for success in not only life, but in work and leadership and in teams. So it has direct application to the workplace. So leaders that have higher EQ perform better overall. Okay. Teams that have higher EQ way outperform teams that are lower in EQ. Is there data on that and how, like what the percentage difference is? I haven't seen actual percentages, but there's lots of markers, lots of characteristics. Yes. Yeah, I well, saw there's, a few there's actually behavioral things you could see, visibly see between high EQ and low EQ teams. If you want, I could. It'd be interesting though to you, see the data, but okay, here's, here's like, so what if you don't have, or you have low EQ, how do you get it? 
Well, first of all, we none of us know whether we have high or low, right? We, we can guess, you know, whether you're good at people or skills or not. But the best way is actually to get an EQ assessment. And vast majority of people never do that. I would highly recommend for your individuals who are listening, if they have the chance to get an EQ assessment, it's a great idea. If an organization, from an organizational perspective, you can offer it as part of your professional development. Okay. But that's the first place to start. So you get a comprehensive profile. It's about 40 pages customized to you and it tells you how you stack up in the different eq competencies and so it's a serves as a great starting point okay sounds good so what take an assessment and then read a book or get some coaching yeah so absolutely there's a yeah there's some great books out there on eq there's assessments different models but you know training workshops is something that a lot of companies are provide and so we certainly can look for eq skills in our hiring as well as our development and our as well as our leadership talent. Perfect. All right. So if you're just joining us now on the live stream or the podcast, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And today our guest is Dr. Sean Andrews, the founder and CEO of Andrews Research International. So we just gave you like a little short 411 on what EQ is. So you're all experts now. And now we're going to talk about how to identify what EQ you should look for in different roles and how to uh, embed that into your interview process. So let's break into this because this is where I want to spend most time. Different roles that are available require different levels of types of EQ. Run me through the different types of EQ if you could. So first, important to know that there are three major commercial models out there. Multi-health system has a model, Talent Smart, and then Goldman, uh, the ESCI. So there's three main models that folks use. I have found that the actually the most robust model is the multi-health system EQI 2.0. Okay. So that what all these have in common is there is an overlap in the EQ competencies, but the models are slightly different. So the reason I, I wanted to preface that because why is that I'm important? Sp- because I'm speaking uh, so to answer your question, I'm speaking to the EQI 2.0 model. Got it. And so basically, there's five major composites or categories, okay. and then within each of those five categories, there's specific EQ competencies. Got it. What are the kind of the main competencies? Yeah. So, so the main, co- well, it, it includes your confidence, your assertiveness, your empathy, your interpersonal relationships, your stress tolerance, your impulse control, how you manage your own behaviors and impulses, Okay. decision-making. Um, so if you're really good looking and you're running through the office, screaming at people, that's not EQ. <laughs> right. That is not EQ. <laughs> Vanity isn't one of them. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about how that breaks down into different roles, right? So we have a lot of leaders who listen to the show and we kind of tailor the show toward business leaders in helping them to make great decisions. So from a leadership perspective, what makes a good leader? Actually, a lot of things make a good leader, but emotional intelligence specifically. On the EQ side. On the EQ side, yeah. (laughs) Well, EQ plays in quite a bit to leadership. So if you look at the top skills for a leader, interpersonal skills is one. You'd have to have be good and proficient in how you relate to other people. So that's a key EQ skill. Your uh, assertiveness, you know, your ability to express what you want, what you need. Sure. And then your self-awareness. And that has been shown in multiple studies that leaders, uh, that's the one trait that's lacking most in leaders is their self-awareness. Yeah. You know, a lot of times the leader is the last one to know that nobody likes them. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I've been there. I was a bad leader at one point. Well, and leaders often don't... <laughs> There's a quiet moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I thank you for your candor. You know, and a lot of us have... We've all been there. Y- you have to learn as yeah, you go, right? Yeah. But oftentimes, you know, if you're in a leader pos- position, you don't get the candid feedback from your employee. So I got into leadership the traditional way. I was a high-performing individual, and they said, you should be a manager. 
got no training. I was just thrown into it. Yeah. So that's one of those things where I just made every mistake possible. And, you know, to this day, I probably still make mistakes and we all do. But still, that was my self-awareness moment. <laughs> <laughs> so leadership. Okay, so then let's break it down to some of the main categories for companies, right? So you usually have sales, you have kind of marketing, creative people, customer service, product development or manufacturing. Let's break it down mm -hmm. in those buckets, yeah. right? Yeah. So what are we looking for from an EQ or intelligence perspective for? Or like sales. Yeah. And there, and it varies. It absolutely varies. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking, if you're, you know, a hiring manager or a recruiter and you're looking for specific traits, keep these in mind. So for sales, self-actualization is something you do want to look for. Now okay. that is uh, for your listeners. It's the pursuit of your dreams. It's being action oriented. It's the pursuit of your goals. Okay. So for so a sales rep. not being money motivated. Uh, well, it could be. Yeah. It actually could be because that could be one of your goals, okay. which is which is perfectly fine sure. for some people. Other people would want to you know, build relationships or have the recognition of being top on their team. Sure. So self-actualization is a key trait for a sales for salesperson. For a strong salesperson. A strong salesperson, okay. yeah. A couple other things to look for would be someone strong in assertiveness and overall happiness and optimism actually plays into sales success. So then uh, how do you find out if somebody's happy? Because everybody's happy when they come in for an interview. <laughs> they should be, huh? <laughs> they, they try to be. <laughs> they try to be. <laughs> so, uh, all know. right, we'll dig into that a little bit more okay. after we finish these up. So sure. marketing, creative people, what do you look for there? Yeah, marketing optimism was actually, would actually be one of the best traits for a marketer. Okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine you want a pessimistic art marketer. <laughs> right, right. Because oftentimes you have to be visionary to be a marketer. And so you have to have faith that your vision will play out. Sure. And so have an optimism. A couple other traits to keep in mind is reality testing. And that's an EQ skill that actually is an ability to look at what's real and parse it out based basically what's possible and what's probable. So backing in your decisions up a data. Yeah, essentially. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and, and luckily, and we have the technology grounded. to do that. These yeah. Days. Staying grounded and realistic in your goals as well. That, okay. That's reality testing. And then independence is another key trait for a marketer. Customer service. A customer service, actually stress tolerance would be the EQ skill you'd want to look for here. Well, yeah. So what do you... <laughs> So we probably create a really stressful environment in the interview process to see how they handle it. Right. There's hint number one. <laughs> right. All right. And when people call into customer service, oftentimes those are not happy calls, right? Yeah. So you have to be able to manage stress and people coming at you with different complaints. Yeah. People. And oftentimes yeah. you're taking a beating, which is terrible. Yeah. That's a tough job. And to, to do it with a smile. Okay. And then... The other two? Actually, at manufacturing, if you look at that, flexibility would oh, be wait, the wait. number one skill there. We had customer service. We had Oh, for the other two. The, for the customer other service. two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, assertiveness, surprisingly, is okay. a trait for customer service. So you have to be high in your stress management, but you have to also be able to, in a polite and, I guess, friendly way, assert the position back because they're likely complaining about something. So you yeah. have to be able to... And they're likely to wanting to talk to your supervisor. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. And then happiness, surprisingly, is another EQ trait that that serves you know successful customer service. Well, folks. it seems to me like happiness would transcend over everything, really, because if you're an unhappy person, it doesn't matter where they put you. Right? Yeah. But it's probably not as important in manufacturing. You can have miserable people that aren't. <laughs> well, in a word, yes. Yeah. Okay. Happiness. So happiness we actually can be frank here. Helps, us, helps us in general in life, right? Yeah. But certain professions, happiness is not one of the top EQ traits. So it's really important for your listeners to know if they're looking for EQ traits when they're hiring, yeah. then know what they're seeking first. Figure out what they want in that role. 
and then they can hire for that. Yeah, and that's a whole nother show. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, product development, manufacturing, those. So, so that'd, that'd be what engineers, accountants, that sort of. Yeah, yeah. Know. People on the front line, people yeah. actually making the products. Um, making stuff happen. Yeah. You yep. build it, it will come. Yes, yes. Not really, but. So, not surprisingly, flexibility is a skill here that uh, that serves them well. That's the number one. That's the number one EQ skill for manufacturing. So, being able to pivot if they need to. Exactly. Okay. Because things go wrong on the manufacturing process. All day long. The product line, right. Yeah. So, you have to be able to flexible and roll with the changes. Okay. Uh, other EQ skills to look out for is problem solving. Okay. So again, when things go wrong, how, how are they going to address that? Because if they don't, the line can't get out the door. See, I would think that I would problem solving would be number one. Because really, as somebody who's on the front line, that's what you're doing. But that's interesting. Yeah, well, those two go hand in hand, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, to be a good problem solver, you need to be flexible. Okay. And then finally? And the third one is independence. <clears throat> and that's the ability. So if you're out there working on the line and you have certain functional responsibility, you have to have the, the independence to make your own decisions when needed. Because sometimes those are critical decisions on the spot. And you don't always necessarily need to check with your manager to say, hey, you know, can I make this change to get, you know, to fix this crisis? Got it. All right. So this all rolls into how do you interview for this? Yes. This is a money moment for our audience. <laughs> all right. So I have a theory in, in the way in which I approach it because I'm a big believer in EQ and hiring for all the other reasons other than skills, cultural fit and everything else. But behavioral interviewing has been by far the best way to uncover whether or not this person fits from, from this Absolutely. perspective. All right. So what are your thoughts on that? And how would you how would you do it? So absolutely, beha I agree. Behavioral interviewing is key. So you can ask specific questions that's going to tease out the different EQ competencies that we've talked about. Yeah. So for example, if you're looking for an employee for a role, high-end self-awareness, here's a question you can ask. Describe a time when you felt you were unfairly criticized and how you handled it. Perfect. And then what's important here is that you just don't accept the first answer. You keep right. digging and testing it because you really need to understand the inner motivations of each question. Absolutely. Yeah. What yeah. drives this person? Yeah. But first and foremost, when you start this process, I find it's really important that you make the person comfortable because you want to get to the truth. You want to make them feel like it's a conversation, kind of warm, more informal as you go into it. Mm -hmm. And then I always start out with the obvious, okay, tell me about a win you've had and how you did it. Because it makes them feel triumphant and good. And then we can get into the deep, dirty stuff after that, right? Yeah. And note, there, there are dozens of questions you can ask to tease out these There's different... There's hundreds. There, there yeah. are. Yeah. But so these questions I put, actually put together for a recent presentation. But these are questions that I picked that are, that are simple, but they will give you a wealth of information yeah. as if you dig deeper. So you ask the initial question and there are several follow-on questions you can ask to get the information you're looking for. And you know for. what the beauty of behavioral questions are? You don't have to deal with any sort of compliance issues, mm -hmm. like which is a big concern for a lot of HR departments. You can't ask this. You can't ask that. Behavioral questions are, tell me about a time you did this. Mm -hmm. And it's super easy if you dig to it, which brings up my point. And I always, I, I heard it not too long ago, which is hire hard, manage easy. So if you make the hiring decisions difficult and then your management job is super easy. Yeah. It becomes much yeah. easier. Yeah. I'll give you actually another quote you just reminded me of that pertains to our discussion. In general, we hire people on your IQ, yeah. but you're fired on your EQ. Ooh, there is a teachable moment. <laughs> I just stole that one from you, Rick Franzi. <laughs> All right. Um, one last thing I would add to this that's really important is deep reference checking. If you can, 
there's compliance things there, but um, if people provide you references, test out everything that you're told. You know, just keep digging deeper. Mm-hmm. So, gosh, we're just about out of time for today's show, Sean. Um, thanks for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio Show community. Now, what would be the best way for members of our audience to reach you, find your book, and maybe hire you as a coach? Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned my book. So I brought a copy of it here to show your listeners. Yay, uh, it's a good book. I, I'm about quarter of the way through. Sorry, I didn't finish it yet. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not a Harlequin romance. It's, it's 300 pages. It's a significant, robust book. But Power of Perception, Leadership, Emotional Intelligence, and the Gender Divide. So this is based on my dissertation research. <clears throat> and, okay. which, and this book launched <clears throat> in March recently. Awesome. But, so I have a whole chapter dedicated to emotional intelligence and nice. how it plays into talent management. Perfect. So that's in there and a lot of others on leadership and, and gender topics. And then do you have a website? I do, yeah. And that's probably the best place for folks to reach me is um, drshawnandrews.com. It's perfect. Dr. No period. Just Dr. Sean S H A W N Andrews.com. And so I have a wealth of resources on there. Uh, there's videos, interviews, podcast interviews. There's, awesome. There's articles. Well, and I'm sure um, this podcast interview will be on there soon too. I, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one, right. can I offer your listeners one thing? Yeah, absolutely. So on my website, uh, there is a free 25 page download. And it corresponds with every chapter in the book. So if, if your listeners want to go deep in a particular topic, yep. they can do that. So it's an editable PDF. It's a self-assessment Perfect. based on the book. Love it. All right. So everybody, check out our website. All right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts. Yay. Our uh, producers, Andrea Ballin and Shanti Ryle. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review our show. We want to make the content amazing for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, we're not religious, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com. You can follow me and check us out on all the various platforms, iTunes, iHeart, all those things. Hey, I will be moderating Disrupt HR on September 27th um, here at UC Irvine. I'd love to have you guys come join us. And also on October 11th, I'm joining forces with Productive Learning for our Win the Hire workshop, which we're uh, conducting here in... Uh, in Irvine. So would love to have you uh, check out our website and come join us. Tune in next week as we are going to be speaking of disrupt, discussing disruption with our guest Scott Hamilton, who's the president and CEO of Next Executive Next Practices. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 